the infamous Mob Deep album. You know what I'm saying? Let's get into that. The infamous Mob Deep album. Well, basically, we got like 12, 13 songs on there. You know what I mean? From straight from the heart, all produced by me and my partner. You know what I'm saying? We do all the production. We do all the lyrics. You know what I'm saying? We do it all ourselves. I got a little studio in my basement. So we just make everything there first, and then we take it to the big studio, you know what I'm saying, lay it all down. You know what I'm saying, World Up is all about taking care of your business, you know what I'm saying. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out on this podcast. We're going to take it back. We're taking it back to April 25th, 1995. The second studio album from Mob Deep comes out. The album is called The Infamous, and it is a hip hop classic. And we're going to talk about it and break it down. And I've got my partner in crime, Eclectic. He's in the house. So after the break, we're going to break it down and celebrate the infamous 25 years later, right here on the 12 Kyle podcast. Let's get it. And just like that, we are back once again. It's your boy, 12 Kyle. This is the 12 Kyle podcast. And we are taking it back. As I mentioned in the intro, uh, this album, The Infamous, from Mob Deep, is turning 25 years old. Uh, the album was released in the year of 1995, April 25th to be exact, 1995. And uh, man, I got my boy in the building. He's in the house. Eclectic, say what up to the people. Yeah, what's up, everybody? I am the war that was going on outside. <laughs> what's good, man? What's cracking? Yeah, shit, chilling. Um, just, just, just ready to uh, wax poetic about this, um, this album. It's a great album. '95 was a great year. So, um, yeah, let's get it. No doubt, no doubt. Um, like you said, man, 1995, April 25th, Mob Deep released their second uh, album. Uh, and again, it was called the infamous. And so I guess we probably should start right there, man. Now, if if anyone listening, if you've been following both me and Eclectic, you might remember we we had a little battle. We had a three podcast series battle between music that came out in 1995 and music mm-hmm. that came out in 1996. Mm-hmm. Now, if you listen to the battle, you know who won. Mm-hmm. So I'll just leave that at that. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, when you finish this podcast, if you haven't heard it, you can go back and listen. But one of the albums, a couple of the songs uh, that Eclectic went to bat for from 1995 actually came from this uh, album. So, man, let's take it back to 1995, man. What what do you remember about that year in hip hop? Because I know you, like I said, in our battle that we talked about those years, uh, 95 and 96, uh, going against each other, you 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 spoke very, very highly of the year 1995. So what, what do you remember about that year? Well, I mean, 1995 was superior to 1996. It came first. <laughs> um, and But for a hip hop album, 
to come out. It was a lot of competition. It mm. was a it was a lot of competition um, from everywhere, um, the the west, south. Um, you you had you had all types of styles. You you still had different styles back then in '95. You didn't have to sound like whoever was popular in order to get on. But I will say, due to the fact that um, Illmatic came out a year prior and and Ready to Die came out a year prior, the emphasis on lyricism in the East was um, becoming more important than it was in, say, 91 and 92. Mm, mm. So... Um, so in '95, you had—I mean, this was this is the boom of the mixtapes. Mm. Um, so you had your mixtapes and your features and your songs you never heard before, songs that the DJs stole from somewhere, <laughs> so right. they didn't have the right name on it because <laughs> they just listened to the song and whatever the person said a whole bunch of times. That's what they wrote on there, like, nah, this is this is what the name of the song is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Um, when when the infamous came out, I put the infamous as probably the second best hip hop album to come out in 1995. I think it's my second favorite, but I also think it's the second best. Um, number one being the Purple Tape. Mm. Um, um, I think my top five would go Purple Tape, Infamous, uh, Four Five Six, Liquid Swords. Mm. And either Mr. Smith or do or do or die. <sighs> yes, yes. But even with that, a lot of other things came out. Me against the world came out. Soul food <laughs> yes, came out. Yes. Um, do you want more? East ninety nine Eternal came out. And that too. Uh, Showbiz and AG. I love the Showbiz and AG. The Goodfellas album. Yes. That came out. Um, top of the world. Um, the, the, the A-Ball MJG hey, in a major, now you're talking in a major way E-40 in a major way it slept on um, the Karis 1 album came out what was that um, edutainment? mm-mm Karis 1 okay title. okay okay yeah and <clears throat> and what would probably be my number 6 album um, Jealous One's Envy mmm Fat Joe that, that album is incredible so 95 was was stacked even the, the, the Junior Mafia dropped I mean it was stacked um, as far as as far as um, music, so ninety yeah ninety five was crazy. Yeah, you made you 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 rolled off some good ones, man. It, it was it was definitely a great year, and um, I think we we both can agree that you know music was you know and hip hop was starting to turn. Uh, you know, some say for the better, some say for the worse, but we still got some great albums in the middle of nineteen ninety five. Wherein, if you compare the music from nineteen ninety five to Four years later, you know, heading into 1999 and then 2000, there's a there's a stark difference between what music, what hip hop sounded like then uh, and how it sounded a mere four to five years later. Um, It's basically because the South has something to say. Come on, man. Stop. Stop now. (laughs) You let it be known then. They let it be known and <laughs> fucked hip hop up. Oh my god! So anyway, um, so yeah, the infamous man. It, it comes out. 
uh, April 25th, 1995. As I mentioned, this was uh, this was their second uh, major release. Uh, their first uh, album was Juvenile Hell, which an album, to be honest, man, I think I've only heard this album maybe three or four times. Like it was something I, I got the infamous and then I had to go back to Juvenile Hell. But what did you think? Like, you know, when you first got upon this, uh, this infamous album? I thought that it was it was it was different. It mm-hmm. was crazy um, that even though, like I said, um, Ready to Die and Elmatic and Thirty Six Chambers they already come out, they already dropped. Um, the Infamous is the album that I think stylized what New York hip hop was about to be mm-hmm. more so than Illmatic 36 Chambers and Ready to Die because this was return of the, the boom bap we going we going to wrap your ass off we going to wrap your face off and we don't necessarily even care if you throw us on the radio mm-hmm. or if you keep playing it. These are just the songs and this is just our style. We not switching it up for nobody. We just rhyming, having some good times, telling you what's going on in the streets, what we see. More so than other one. Elmatic was close to that, but Elmatic, Elmatic is more polished mm-hmm. than Infamous. Infamous is like, damn, they just, they just taped that. <laughs> they just had playing record on the street and just started rapping right um um because uh half a p they're like they were like the new gutter epmd mm-hmm. that you know without the fun they just had the monotone flows the hard beats and it wasn't a lot of uh pop and I mean, like, probably it was just not nothing, nothing polished about about that album. So mm-hmm. when, when I heard them, it was just like, wow, this is this is gritty. I like right. this. It, it like reminded me of old um, Just Ice mm. and, and 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 Karis and things like that. It's so um, basically, this is more. If I'm comparing it to like Elmatic and Ready to Die. This would be more criminal minded and Elmatic would be more paid in full. Mm, that's a great analogy. Great analogy. Um, I agree, man. I, I think the first time I heard it, I was I was in college at the time at South Carolina State University. And um, I, I I'd never heard anything like this. Like it was it, it, I was intrigued because, like you said, for one, I knew where they were from. They were from Queens, from Queensbridge in particular. So I knew they were down with Nas. So, you know, it was kind of like how it was for us back in the 80s, where if someone was down with somebody, then you you automatically kind of, you know, you check for them because you knew that they were down with them. So if you like somebody and I love Nas at the time. So I'm like, OK, if, he, if they down with Nas, they got to be dope. Right. So it was. I really didn't know that much about them. I just knew they were from Queensbridge and, and I heard that they could rap. And um, I remember buying the CD, man. And I was just like, yo, I had never heard anything like this before. And like you said, it was just really, really grimy, um, dark, crazy ass beats. And we'll get into production in just a second. 
but uh you know in case you're listening you don't know who mob deep is and i'm sorry for not saying it but it's havoc and prodigy rest in peace um and both guys were you know very distinctive in their sound and how they rhyme and these stories that they were telling you know it was really really dark but it was also you know they also had fun and stuff like that and it was just and i didn't and it goes back to something that you said on a previous podcast we did like i didn't know how old these guys were i assumed that (laughs) that they were a lot older uh than what they were but i think they were probably about the same age as me at the time that they made this album so um but like you said it was it was uh it, it was a great movement or a step in the right direction for east coast hip-hop and again this album comes after ready to die comes after illmatic but it comes before you know the likes of uh reasonable doubt so you had them in the middle and then you know some of the features that they have and we'll talk about that when we talk about the track listing uh working with guys you know like from wu-tang and things of that nature made this album that much more special um obviously when you talk about this album uh one of the things that you can't get away from uh is the production um Mm. the production is bananas uh most of the album is you know self-contained because it's being produced by mob deep uh, meaning havoc and prodigy who who also you know let lend his hand as far as the production um q-tip produced uh let me see one or two tracks on here but it's mostly Mob Deep, man. What did you think about this production on this album? Well, um, oh, well, first, um, when this came out, they were both 21. Ooh, um, okay, okay. Yeah, um, I think I was 21. The the production, you didn't hear beats like this on a whole album. Mm-hmm. You would hear... This would their beats would be oh nah they about to get grimy on this song right and it would be <laughs> that song it might be two songs it might be like, oh now this is yeah they 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 ain't messing around because a lot of the other songs you know like I said I hate to keep using this word was polished they, mm-hmm. the this was your entry to Havoc's production style. And um, Q-Tip cleaned up a lot of it after after the songs were done, changing some drums and stuff. But this was Havoc style, so you never heard it before. And and after afterwards, you can start telling Havoc beats mm-hmm. or Havoc production mm-hmm. because it just has a feeling. The whole album is a mood. I can see. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to get into track for track. We will. As as you get into the album, some of the songs start to blend together. And I can see how some people could get bored or tired of these songs because the whole album is a mood. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not trying to switch. It's not going to switch up too much Mm-mm. on you. If you like this kind of production, you're going to love the album. If you just tolerate the production, you're like, man, I'm going to need them to get out of here for a little bit. You know, um, but it's just, um, again, his production reminds me of the old Boogie Down Productions um, production a little little bit. And and some of the um, later Eric Sermon, DJ Scratch, Redman stuff with Mm. with with the muddy muddy bass and it was 
you know, it's, it's some of the um, heavy stuff is like eerie. It's it like is. He, it is. He scored a horror film, a horror film, and he could use a lot of this shit for like a horror film. Right. <laughs> that, that's a that's a great analogy, man. Because it it sounds just like that. Like you said, it sounds like it's something that should have been in a horror movie, and you know, again, we didn't have the internet back in 1995, so. I had no idea how old these dudes were when I when I saw the video for the first time. I think the first video I saw was probably Survival of the Fittest, I guess. Um, well, no, no, Shook ones. Should it probably was Shook ones then? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Remember though, um, they made the the singles before the album came out, and my man said, "I'm only 19, but my mind is so." Mm. Mm. And then, like a year and a half later, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he said. Exactly. So, and that that's crazy because it's like when you listen to it, you it would make you think that someone probably a lot more older than 19, 20, 21 years old is making this music. But like you said, it sound a lot of the stuff is very dark and it sounds like a horror movie or something that would be in a horror film, but it's these tracks and then when you add in the verses of what they're actually talking about over this i mean it makes uh it, it makes it makes for great theater if you will for your ears um i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you this mm-hmm. i almost didn't really fuck with them how so well what happened was i heard mob deep like on like dumb logo i heard like the juvenile hell and all that mm-hmm. shit but not really knowing who they were. Mm. So one day the Shook Ones video came on. And but I was like, I think I was like cleaning, cleaning the dorm room or something. I, you know, I had the volume down. Mm-hmm. And I'm just I you know, I look over and dude got the 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 Hennessy, <laughs> um, the, the 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 do it yourself. Hennessy, misspelled Hennessy uh, jersey on, mm-hmm. drinking out of plastic cup on it. I'm like, man, what kind of bargain brand generic niggas is this? And so, and then when it flashed on the thing, you know, it said the name. I was like, Mount I was like, I ain't even, I ain't even listening to them. I don't care who they are. They look wild, dumb. Mm-hmm. And so then. I think it was like the next day because back then, you know, if you missed a, in the 90s, if you missed a video, it's going to be back on later on that day or the next day. Right. In the 80s, if you missed a video, you may never see it again. <laughs> never. <laughs> it's still videos. I wish I could. I, there's videos I can't even name that I saw that I want to see again, but I don't even know the name of it because I only saw it once and they didn't put the shit at the end. There's probably some videos that were made and you probably saw them and then when you see them again, like, Oh, they made a video for that? Right. <laughs> but, um, so, like, the shit came on again, and I was, you know, they put the thing at the bottom, like, oh, it's, it's these, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. And then I heard, then I actually heard, I was like, oh, <laughs> this is dope. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's, but, but, um, yeah, I was judging the book by the cover at the beginning because I had the volume. And I was like, hell, oh, I never want to hear these guys. Right, right, right. Wow, wow. So, you, so we both were in college at the time, and I know, like for me, um, there were a lot of cats in school that was really fucking with Mob Deep. What about you? And I know you, you know, with you being at Grambling, where was it something where they were popular, or 
you know, was anybody in your crew that was listening to it, or were you like one of the few people in your area that was actually listening to Mob Deep? Nah, cause down down there you had your you had your sects mm-hmm. of people. You had so everybody, everybody and my crew were from New York. Okay, oh. I was the only one in the crew <laughs> that was not from New York, and I'm talking every borough. And so, wow. so at any point it could have been like ten, twelve of us, and they all from New York. I'm not. But meanwhile, I'm the one putting them on and shit. Like yo, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yo, listen to this. <laughs> like yo, are you are you from Ohio? I had a clue tape before us. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't worry Shout out the clue. Don't worry about that. Anyway, just listen. And so, but nah, everybody was rocking with them and and, and my crew. Um, um, and you know, some of the some of the some of the South, South people was rocking with them. Yeah, uh, yeah. It wasn't. I never heard anyone say that they were whack or to turn it off. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah, I um same like you. I didn't. Well, most of my crew was from. I guess pretty much everywhere. Uh, but we had a lot of cats from from New York at South Carolina State University. So, um, they would play it, but I was playing it too, and it was like, I think there was like. Like you said, I I, don't, I can't ever remember anybody saying it was whack or like turn that shit off um, when it did get played when Mob Deep, you know, as the years went on and they the, the this album got bigger when you would play the cuts at the parties and stuff, man, people loved it. So it was like it wasn't like it was something where people wasn't really feeling it. Um, I always think, you know, I always try to see how that is, especially given the fact that both of us were, you know, in school in the South. Uh, at historically black colleges and how it's how the music as far as hip hop is received sometimes when you have New York acts. And, you know, just to keep in mind for those of you listening who may not have been around at the time, this is 95. So this I hate using East Coast, West Coast, but that whole thing is starting to become a thing. Um, but see, that's the thing. This around this time, it wasn't right, right, right. It wasn't. It wasn't. It, Mob Deep had, you know, they came on the scene, and they were just repping Queensbridge. So it wasn't like you know, it was like you know. I mean, obviously down the road they had their issues with Pac and the whole nine. But at this particular time, it was everything was cool, and um, they, like I said, they were well received, man, well loved, and I think this album uh initially went gold um which honestly is saying a lot because they really don't have the quote-unquote <laughs> traditional radio hit i mean their biggest hit sounds like like you said something out of a horror movie so um but yeah it, it was it was really really dope um i tell you what this is a great place to take a quick commercial uh, we'll hear from Mob Deep. And on the other side, man, me and E are going to break down these tracks as we celebrate the infamous 25 years later. So sit tight. We'll be back in just a second. How would you describe the uh, the Mob Deep sound? It's like an underground sound, you know what I'm saying? What makes us different that we definitely we keeping it real with our music, you know what I'm saying? Word up. It's all about, you know what I'm saying? Our music is all about street life, you know what I'm saying? The ups and the downs, the good times, the bad times. 
you know what I'm saying? And, you know what I'm saying? We talking about the drug game, you know, how people getting killed, how brothers are getting killed. We talk about how we can better ourselves and further ourselves, further your mind, you know what I'm saying? Start, you know what I'm saying? Our brothers need to start reading more, acquire mad knowledge in their head, you know what I'm saying? So they can take their, you know what I'm saying, take their life to where they want to go. You can achieve anything you want to achieve in life. And just like that, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks again for checking out the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. Uh, I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. Got my man, Eclectic, in the building. Yep. And we are talking about the infamous 25 years later. That's right. Mob Deep's uh, classic album is turning 25. Uh, and we're here to talk about it, man. So before the break, uh, I told you that we would be coming back and talking about and, and breaking down these tracks. Uh, we talked a little bit about the production. Um, but I really want to get into it, man. So let's uh, let's get it started. the The first track before um, you, before before you hit the first. Go track, ahead, go ahead. I don't I don't know if you uh, noted this earlier, but um, debut album when it mattered, four point five, four and a half mics. Really? Yeah. Wow, that I did not know. Yeah. Wow. Four and a half debut. Mm, 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 mm. So we go into track one start of your ending in the 40 41st side um that kind of came on like a at the beginning it sounded like an uh, like a some type of interlude but then they go into rhyming and everything what do you think about the, the the opening track for the album i loved it because one it didn't sound like anything that i heard before you're right it sounded like they was just gonna do a little intro and then the second song was gonna come on but meanwhile it's like a damn near five minute song <laughs> right um, and and the beat great the rhymes it was a it was a great introduction to what you were about to hear mm. to who they were and and to their sound. I mean, I love that semi-auto. You could bring it on, yo. <laughs> nah, that, that's just that's just incredible. No doubt, no doubt. I loved it, man. I and I I remember listening to it like the first couple of times I heard it. I was like, wait a minute. Okay, it sounds like an intro, and then they start rhyming. I'm like, okay, this is where we going? Like, I, I wasn't really sure what I was listening to at first, and because again, I remember buying this album, you know not really having much background on them other than the fact that they were from Queensbridge and they were down with Nas. And I saw, you know, I looked on the back of the CD packaging and I saw a couple of features, which, you know, honestly, 95, I didn't, I didn't care about features. Um, none of us did really, but given the fact on who the features were, I knew that, you know, this album had a chance to be special. So then yeah, we go, I, in, go ahead. I'm I sorry. Caught the, I caught the joint on the strength of, um, the, um, the source, Okay. I saw I saw four and a half. I'm like <laughs> four and a half. You know, reading about it, I'm like nah, I gotta have it. I got yeah, you. Yeah, man. And that shout out to the source, man. Back then, we really and I know I did. I don't know about you, but I a lot that of times, yeah, I, I bought albums based on because a lot of what I read in the source, the mic system was you know generally in my line of thinking. So the the albums that were like four or better. I would always buy, even if I didn't know anything about the artist. I would actually, and keep in mind, I'm a college student, so I don't have a lot of money. 
but you know other than the you know record store scam i was running but you know we're not talking about that but nonetheless nonetheless i would uh i would buy these albums and and this one like you said four and a half mics out the gate for for this album um then we go into track two the infamous prelude um this one they're talking shit (laughs) i mean you go from that one track to you know prodigy just talking mad shit and it's like he's like i don't care you know i he starts talking. you you'd have to hear the, the interlude but it, it is um it is definitely a prelude as for what is to come then we go to track three. Hold please okay two things mm-hmm. um the infamous a prelude few things were funnier than Start punching niggas in the face, face for living. living. <laughs> Go back to high school, start punching niggas in the face for living. Also, um, for the people who will go back and listen to this, or for the people who were outside when this was out mm-hmm. and knew he was talking about Keith Murray and Redman. Now, Redman, I did not know. I I heard that it might be about Keith Murray, but it, yeah. how, where, how did Redman get involved in this? Because, well, because of the talking about how much you get high, he took offense to that, and he knew that he was talking about Keith Murray about the space shit. Mm-hmm. And so, um, rumor has it, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Mm. Um, Redman and Keith uh, stepped to him at the tunnel after this, and um, wow. things th- things happened. And things got squashed, you know. Okay. Later later on in life, um, <laughs> the next year, um, <laughs> um, Prodigy and Keith Murray were on the LL Shachi remix together. True indeed. And as soon as uh, Keith Murray finished his verse, Prodigy started taking shots at Keith Murray on his <laughs> verse. So then they had beef again. <laughs> How you gonna be on the same track with me dissing me? I don't know. That's cannabis. So <sighs> look at you. Look at I said. You know what? That's a layup. <laughs> That's so, a layup. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> or or ask Craig Mack. Right. Um. Um. But yeah, go ahead. My bad. No, no, no. Uh, that uh, that's a great three. piece of inf- information. I didn't. I I I want to say I heard that it was about Keith Murray, but I didn't know Red. But then again, I guess you know Red Man and Keith Murray ran together back then. So I would you know if you got beef with one person in the crew, maybe you might have beef with the whole crew. I don't know. Um, that's a that that's dope. I I totally forgotten about that. Um, then we get into track three, Survival of the Fittest. Man, another horror movie. <laughs> what did you think when you heard this song, man? Um, well, at first, I'm like, "Well, shit." Um, Michael Myers is about to come out, right. so the song started. But um, Prodigy has a has a knack for starting his verses off mm-hmm. incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw the video. And video had a small um, cameo by Puff. Puff was in the video, and I was like, "Oh shit, they they know Puff." Cool. <laughs> um, but I love the song. Here's a question: What do you think is the better opening? There's a war going on outside, or I got you stuck off the realness. 
there's a war going on outside because he said no man is safe from so it's you can't avoid it and i mean like that on so many levels spoke to me about you know what because when i hear these these albums and these songs from these artists particularly that i did not know and they grew up in parts of the country or the world that i did not frequent so he's taking me to queen's bridge and when he talks about a war going on outside like you think about you know violence and the crack era and all of this stuff like that and so i have a you know pretty vivid imag- imagination so i'm imagining all of these things as he's you know lyrically describing it to me so i could actually picture you know in a sense his neighborhood that he was talking about now i'm trying to in in as i'm listening i'm trying to relate to what it is he's saying so that always got me man it always I got loved, me i loved i'll touch you and leave you with not much to go home with <laughs> man oh god yeah with that I, i'd have to go with that man there's a war going on outside no man is safe from sheesh yeah but it, it was but what about um put us together it's like mixing <laughs> some vodka milk. milk i'd it's never like, now keep in mind I, I didn't drink at the time so i'd never heard of the idea of people drinking vodka and milk together which is a thing in the south i guess what's <laughs> not a it's not a, a, a thing in the in the south. It's fuck. It's a white Russian. But you know what's funny? Like I just <laughs> it's I, a drink. I'm, well, you know what? And the reason why I I equated it to the south was that I went to I had three friends and I went to all three of their houses and their mother and grandmothers were all drinking. Just like they didn't have like the they had like the, the, the cheap cheap dirt cheap vodka and milk and I was like ugh fucking milk like it, it was just so foreign to me but yeah I, I mean I know what it is now but it was just like I just always associated with the South you know I don't know why <laughs> I think that um I think Survival of the Fittest is one of the few songs that have it went toe to toe with Prodigy on the on the lyrics he did he did and he held his own man i mean like it wasn't and i think both of them are very very dope lyricists but um yeah man i i love this is one of my favorite tracks on the album um incredible incredible banger still bangs to this day uh then we move to track four um an eye for an eye your beef is mine featuring Nas and raekwon I remember the first time that I heard this song. I was blown away. Like, I just kept kept playing it over and over and over. And you know how, like, sometimes when you listen to an album for the first time, you you start picking out the tracks that you like in your mind. And you're like, okay, I'm going to go back to that first. I'm going to go back. This was when I finished the, the album the first time and I listened to it. This was the first track that I went back to because this joint is so cold um man what can i say i mean you got mob deep raekwon and nas it really doesn't get much better than that um nas's verse is incredible raekwon's verse is incredible he ends it with what (laughs) um i don't know man i so much i can say what about you man what what do you think because i think i know what you're gonna say but what do you think about this track man well um 
uh, uh, people in in the the mid nineties, any time that you heard or read that Nas was featured on a song, you knew that that was the song to look forward to. That's when you when you got this album, you were, you started off and you're like, yeah. And so then after Survival of the Fittest, like here it comes. Mm-hmm. Everybody start paying attention. Here it comes, and you don't know what verse he's gonna have. You just you just listening, and then it seems like every time when his first start, everybody just gets happy and just start shaking their head, nodding their head extra hard. This was peak. Um, this was Esco. Mm, yes, um, yes. Um, um, eye for an eye is top five. My favorite song in nineteen ninety. I mean, of the nineties. That's saying a lot. It's definitely top ten. I'm saying it's top five. I love Eye for an Eye. That song will always get me in a good mood. It always get me hyped anytime. If I'm driving somewhere and I'm a little tired, not enough, I throw that song. I'm good. Mm. Um, if if I needed something when I got up in the morning, if I needed a little, I throw this on. I'm good. Um. I think that this song is superior to 1995's Nas feature on the Purple Tape Verbal Intercourse. Mm. I think this is superior to that, mainly because his Verbal Intercourse first is kind of a recycled first. But, um, and this song, Raekwon murdered this song. You could tell that he bodied this because he went last. <laughs> so, so normally in a, in a situation like this, Nas would go last. He would be the he would be the anchor, right? He'd be he's, he's he's the biggest feature on that on the song and the album. Mm-hmm. But in my brain, Raekwon came in. So it was like, nah, you gotta go last with that. And that's what, and my and my the way I think. The the what at the end of it wasn't written. He just knew he killed that so hard that he was just like what? Like I can just put you just pushing the microphone out the fucking way. Like man, nah, I just did it. <laughs> you know. Um, but I I I love this song. This song makes the album for me. Yes. It's, it's, and this song does not get enough credit. It I don't hear not. this song talked about a lot when you talk about um, if you want to say posse cut or collaborations because this was just sick. They had the, the Queen's connection with um, with Mob and then they um, uh, Raekwon was on the same label so mm-hmm. that's, how, that's how they got them mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> you can't you, you basically, the only thing was missing is Biggie. You had the biggest people of the night. So, Elmatic came out, that's Nas. And, and to, the 36 Chambers came out, that's Raekwon. The only thing that was missing was having Biggie on the same song. <laughs> You're right. The, song's inc- <laughs> song, the song is just, just incredible. And if you, if you get a chance to listen to the original version with the different... Um, um, Prodigy verse, mm-hmm. you're in for a treat. Okay, okay. So just so I'm clear, your who had the best verse? I like it when I make him sigh. When he's when he's sighing. He's thinking. 
drug dealer's dream. Cash game keys on a triple beam. Five hundred at the green. Five nickel gleam. Condominium thug dressed like a gentleman. Tailor me. I'll stretch your nail from a woman friend. Murder red numbers on your head. You know? I'm going to go Raekwon. <laughs> so this is now that's a that is a surprise because you know I'm pretty sure you were dressed in tailor-made ostrich back in the day and you had Chanel for your women friends. No, I didn't, but, but <laughs> you finish, before you finish that thought, I'm giving it to Raekwon on the strength of the flow, the he had like a melody going for himself through it, and how he started and ended the first. He yeah. started, he ended it with the what, but he started with the hold up. <laughs> yes, nah, yes, nah, yes. Nah, nah, I gotta give it. I'm giving it to Rick one. And Nas doesn't lose on collabs. Nope. I only got like three. He's lost on. Well, we know one of them. We got this one. We got Life's. Right. And we got um, um, John Blaze. Mm, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, Yeah, man, I agree, man. I, And that's tough for me to say because I love Nas's verse. But yeah, Raekwon got him slightly, but he got him. Um, but Nas's verse is so cool. I mean, it's, like you said, it's... This is my favorite song on the album. Um, much to the surprise, a lot of people, a lot of people will say, you know, other songs we'll get into. But for me, for my dime, for what it's worth, this is my favorite song. Um, then we go to track five, uh, Just to Step Prelude. Um, Mob Deep does a good job of having these, you know, interludes in there, just like guys from the hood just talking shit. Um, well, the dope thing about this was. <laughs> two things they named their um, preludes mm-hmm. but like they weren't songs nope. this is like so they had the infamous prelude but the song afterward wasn't like the infamous right <laughs> <laughs> and the just that prelude the song after this well it was just that but it was just that in parentheses mm-hmm. um but the thing um the thing i like about this was they were rhyming like you know freestyle ish you know no beat mm-hmm. you know they're obviously written because supposedly so this is the first time we hear um noid right so supposedly that that verse <clears throat> is one that Noid used to always do on the block when they were battling or whatever. Okay. And so they just put it on there. But the dope thing about it is the rhymes that they were doing, that was it. That was the only time you heard them. It wasn't like we heard them on the next next song mm-hmm. or the next album. People don't do that no more. If you hear freestyle, now you're gonna hear it on. A, it's, that's that's from a song. Right. Yeah, you're gonna you, hear that, you're gonna hear that song some, at some point coming down the pipe. Yeah, but you know, back like back in these days, <laughs> you, you know, like now nah, I'm right, I got plans, power movement, get on some, you know, and then it's like that's it, all right. Exactly, exactly. And just like you said, that led to the next track uh, featuring the aforementioned Big Noid, uh, "Give Up the Goods," uh, just a step. Um, man, 
this was this joint is so dope love this joint man um this was like you said it's my first time hearing big noid uh this joint was produced by q-tip uh so there's another queen's connection there because q-tip obviously from queens as well um what did you think about this one man um another example of starting a song right mm-hmm. that yo queens get the money long time <laughs> no cash <laughs> so I mean if you start a verse off right it makes you feel good about the whole song this you is know, true pull out my heat first he put out his heat last who the fuck you think Niggas is living, living to this day, day. <laughs> trying to tell these young niggas crime don't pay so yeah man and, and again then we get annoyed you don't know who Big Noid is. The only thing, <laughs> the only thing you're thinking is Domino's. Right. So, <laughs> the Noid. Yeah. Avoid the Noid. Oh, man. And so, you know, but back here, you were, you give him a shot and be like, all right, let me see. Let me see who this dude is. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you listen like, this, who, he about to run the song. Oh, no, nobody know who this guy is. Huh? Right. But we're like, all right, let's, let's, let's see. He's, and for the for the people, his name's not Noid. He's the rapper Noid. Right. And then he turned into Big Noid. Big Noid. But he was he was the rapper Noid. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, and and he got busy he on did. this song. So yeah, I'm he rolling. Did. He did. Yeah, another another banger. Um, you know, for what it's worth, to be honest, the as we talked a little earlier about the production, um give up the goods and the next track temperatures rising i guess you could say they're a little bit more the the, the beats are a little bit more happier well 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 you you could say that um also um one of my favorite things in the song my philadelphia is healthier p's not helping you I'm trying to get some slices yes plus a cellular plus a cellular Man, when, when everybody didn't have a cell phone, nope. like, cell phone was a luxury. And get my cell phone um, to like two thousand. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how in rap you can, depending on when you listen to it, you can find out what was the high shit and what was a luxury when you compare it to um, now. Mm-hmm. Like, um, what's what's my shit? Coogee rap was it? Um, L Street Blues. That's was it. L Street Blues. No, it was, um, what's the name? No, it might have been. It said, a little kid says, yo, I got a Sony TV, CD player, and car stereo. And all I want is a castle. Also got a 38, don't give me no hassle. It was, <laughs> he, was, he was bragging about having a, a color TV and right. a car stereo. Like, right. yeah, look what I got. Yeah, but, something um, big to have a color TV. But so, so back to what you were saying, the reason is because giving up the goods and temperature of rising were Q-tip productions. Mm-hmm. That's why they were happier. Mm-hmm. It, it ain't because it was just like, nah, you know, then they thought they would come in and no, it was because happy ass Kamal the Abstract. There you go. One of the fuck up. I hate Q-tip. Stop it. Stop it. How do you watch Beast Rhymes life and not dislike him 
I mean, you know what? To be honest, when I saw it, I I had already had my preconceived notions about who I thought Q-Tip was, so I wasn't really really surprised. So I yeah, didn't. We about to lay this album down. Who's that? Oh, that's <laughs> oh, that's, oh, he's new, that's... He's a, yeah, he's a new member. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, but that's yeah, another story no for another day, man. Song now. <laughs> yeah, you ain't got no verses on this. I just made him <laughs> put one cousin on here. Um. Okay, so yeah, like you said, we we go into and that that's a, actually a great point because Q-Tip does produce three tracks on this album: "Give Up the Goods," "Temperatures Rising," the happiest is, motherfuckers on here. Yeah, temp- yeah, exactly. The the happiest tracks, and then the, the, another track that he produced, um, "Drink Away the Pain." So all of those are the uh, they're not even poppy tracks. They're just like you said, they're, they're just a more up tempo, more upbeat, happier sounds, if you will. Um, Temperatures Rising is track seven uh, with Crystal Johnson. Um, they actually used a sample from the great Patrice Russian, who was a crush of mine as a child. Um, what, what did you think about Temperatures Rising, man? Um, I thought Temperatures Rising was great. Yeah. I, um, I bought the um, the maxi single. Oh shit! Of Temperatures Rising, that had like I want to say like three three remixes of it mm-hmm. and three or four remixes of it and every remix was dope um and like i think two of them was better than the album version i wish they would have uh, swapped those out um but yeah temperatures temperatures rising is like um their um one love mm. um <laughs> By the way, guess who produced One Love? <laughs> you stupid. So, so take the, take that how you want to, however you want to take that. But yeah. nah, I love the song. The song's dope. Yeah, man. Same here, man. I, I loved it. it. It's um Crystal Johnson on the hook. Um, they just like you said they they managed to infuse those two tracks in the middle of it so it so the the sound quality is you're going from dark to happy and then you're going to get dark and grimy again but it does not it goes back to a little something that you mentioned earlier like you know it's not overkill of the the dark sound from havoc so it's a break if you will so they can kind of you know so the listener can kind of come back to something different or whatever um in what they're hearing and then you go to track number eight, uh, Up North Trip. Man, listen. Man, listen. <laughs> Love this joint, man. This is my joint. Um, another banger, man. Another banger. Um, and what they're rhyming about, you know, I think one of the things that really impressed upon me as the more and more I listened to this was not just the the sound quality of the production but actually what they were taught what they were rhyming about and the street life and everything like that and and again it's 1995 I don't know these guys so I'm I'm not taking everything they're saying literally but they paint a picture of their neighborhood in Queensbridge that made me like damn how the hell do you live through that and they had these they were really good storytellers what did you think about um up north trip, man? Not only were they really good storytelling, well, because of that, this album more so than a lot of albums. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of more popular albums 
and I was after that. This let the listener know who they were mm-hmm. and what they saw. It, this was an introduction to them. This this debut album was look. This is us, and, and after this, anything else you hear from us, you'll know it's us. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't just make an album to sell you know go platinum no more or, or or blow up on the radio they just they just made an album this was super throwback to i'm making an album because we like rhyming and we want to report what we're seeing this is it's just like elmatic this is what elmatic was what now saw out his out his window mm-hmm. and the infamous is what Mob Deep saw on the block. <laughs> yeah, you know, and they they, just, they were like standing outside of his window. <laughs> it was, it's, it's crazy, man. The, the the song "Up North Trip" is is crazy. Yeah, um, Up North is going to jail, by the way, everyone. Yeah, especially for those of you who weren't outside, you may not know that, but yeah, um, I, I agree, man. It it was. That song just, and I think that's where <laughs> where they were just like you said they they were at the point where like okay this is who we are okay we gave you the happy shit now let's get back to the grind and it really goes from there and then you go into from up north trip to track nine trife life um great um use of you are my starship yes yes I'll say this. Trife life probably was when I started to get fearful. <laughs> Listening sure, sure. to it, I'm like, "Yo, what?" The? I mean, because it is so dark and grimy on this track, man. And what they're talking about, like, I'm like, I, I, and I and I'm I'm, I'm re, as we're talking about this, I'm just reflecting on like my first couple of listens, and I'm just like, "What?" Again, we hadn't heard anything. For his, for whatever you thought, you know about Illmatic, this wasn't it. So again, these guys, I'm thinking, okay, these guys are down with Nas. They got Nas on here. It's gonna be similar or kind of in the ballpark of Illmatic. It wasn't, but it was so dope. But it was it, the, the way it sounded was just so dark and so crazy. But they had you on every every verse because you were still intrigued as to what they had to say, man. What did you think about this track? Yeah, I was listening to the whole like first verse, waiting for him to see if he was gonna get set up by the chick. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, what's, what's, what's the chick up to? <laughs> but uh, the 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 thing about um, the verses, you get engrossed in what he's saying, mm-hmm. and. And I was I was telling some people, and this is a um, um, behind the scenes look at how um, future podcast trying to come up with what makes what's the criteria for the greatest of all time mm-hmm. as far as a rapper. And I asked a few people, I asked you, right. give me five things. And one of the things that no, nobody that I asked uh, came up with, except for me because you know I'm incredible is um, you have to have a minimum of like I I think I said like three dope story rhymes I didn't say that 
Nah, you weird. Okay, I should have said that. And even if you did, you ain't said that. <laughs> so, um, being able to tell a story is, mm-hmm. is fundamental in hip hop, and it's a low start now, and it that's is. why this shit sucks now. Nobody tells um, stories now. But because of, when you listen to Trifle, like when you when you first listen to it, you're like, well, shit, well, nah, oh, girl, nah. Wait a minute, nah, then what happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he take you to the train station, all the stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so something like that is um it's dope music is an escape and 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 hip-hop was always hip-hop technically was the majority of it when it started was telling the stories you know hey you ever go over to a friend's house to eat and the food just ain't no good mm. <laughs> <laughs> right you know, <laughs> you know what i'm saying so um so, so this song just, just took me back to man. This dude can really uh, weave a weave a tale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he love- he was he he was definitely doing just that. Yeah, I love the song. Yeah, same here, man. I, I just like you said, I'm hanging on every word. Like, oh man, did she set him up? Like, and then it's like you, like I said, when you're listening, you actually put yourself in his shoes. So it's like, damn, have I ever, ever gone to a chick's house and maybe she was, and thought like she was trying to set me up or anything like that. And I'm like, okay, well, damn, is this what these guys go through on a day to day in a place like Queensbridge? Um, and then you go to track 10 Q U hectic. Um, and like I said, if trife life had me scared, you hectic didn't help because <laughs> I'm like, yo, this sounds like something out of uh, a horror movie. And I know I keep saying it, but it just really does. It doesn't sound like something that you like, like I'm trying to picture prodigy coming to the studio. You know, he sits down. All right, man, what you got? And Havoc hits the button and this spooky ass you know shit that you would think that you would that you might hear on alfred hitchcock he's playing it and it's like wow okay so i'm supposed to rhyme over this but then when you put <laughs> when you put his rhymes with this music man it i was i was blown away and even now listening to it now man it doesn't sound dated at all it sounds very very unique for the times and you can put you can put yourself in the times and understand exactly where he's coming from um what did you think about q oh and and going back to something you said a little earlier i think this is another track where havoc is right there with prodigy right there with him rhyme for rhyme bar for bar now the only thing i disagree with you on is what you said at the top of the show where you said they had like distinct style a lot of times i was like i don't know who's rapping Oh, I, I could tell them apart. I, when I first when I first got, I was like, man, I don't know. But then as I got into it, I was like, okay, that's his voice. That's his voice. But like some of them, I was just like, man, dude killed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but then, but then, I mean, now it's obvious. But but when I when I first, you know, sat on scene, I didn't know. But um, yes, I agree. He held his own on this one. Um, also, that song was the first time. I heard the phrase "niggas bleed just like us." Mm. So I don't know. If, I don't know if he coined that or not, but that's the first time I ever heard it. Hey, well, he well, he well, maybe he coined it first, and Biggie took it from him. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but so that that definitely happened. Um, here's a question for you. Go ahead. 
Name a song that Havoc outrhymed P. I think. I don't think he. I think Q U Hectic. I think he might have got him, but in saying that, I think he was very and I and I, I I think very highly of P as a as a as a MC. God rest his soul, and Havoc is a phenomenal producer and one that you know doesn't necessarily get mentioned a lot when you start talking about some of the great producers from that era um, or in hip hop in general, but. He ain't no slouch behind the mic. He's very, very good. So, I think if I say he he got him on, if I say Havoc got him on Q U Hectic, it's barely. But I think even the tracks that Prodigy rhyme better than Havoc on, I don't think. I mean, if 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 Prodigy was at a nine, Havoc was at eight point five. Like it, it wasn't like he didn't wash him. You know what I'm saying? That I, that's why I see it. Okay. I mean, I could, I could see an argument for um, Q. You hectic and then soft or sweet. I lift you off your feet. One o'clock back to heat. Old mm. cruise retreat. Um, you could argue. You could debate that he got him on I four nine. You could debate it. Well, you know what it is, man. I get, I get so lost in Raekwon and Nas <laughs> that I almost forget about. And I and I, I'm almost ashamed to say and it's not like they got crazy it's not like their verses are bad because they're not bad at, by any stretch of imagination but Nas and Raekwon were just incredible and we just like I mean we just spent five minutes talking about just their verse but it was crazy but nah you, you're right he you could make the case I, I'm you get no argument from me on that yeah man um try to infiltrate my fort caught that up in New York my brain is packing criminal thoughts get your life lost never found a game my friend mission completed why'd you drop it less than 10 mm. on my road to the riches hitting snitches off of mad stitches your last rest of place would be a ditch kid no one can stop me try your style sloppy you want to be but you're just an invitation copy <laughs> I don't know but you know it doesn't yeah, matter man. nah it's a rain kill <laughs> no doubt no doubt. So then we go to track eleven. Speaking of Raekwon, Raekwon reappears on the track right back at you. This is featuring Ghostface, Raekwon, and Big Noid. Um, what did you think about this one, man? Jesus. This is probably my second favorite song on the album. Wow. Um, I man, so. I didn't really look to see who was going to be on this. I just knew Nanaz was going to be on it, and I knew he was on the third song. Everything else, I was like, let me just listen. And this track, this is one of my favorite tracks. This track seemed like something's coming. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We don't, we know, don't what know what it is, but it's, it's coming. It's in the shadows. It's in the shadows, and it ain't, it ain't good. Something's coming. You're in a dark alley, <laughs> and then this, then this track start playing. And then the first thing that my man says, run for your life. Right. <laughs> you can get your heat or whatever. We could die together. We could die together. Right. No, we can't die together. I'm not trying <laughs> no. to die. So, no, man. And then, because you got the real ragu on this. Um, for those of you playing at home, ragu 
is um, R-A-G-U Red Ghost United mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's where Red Ghost is going back and forth and, yeah, one, and making one verse so you got, you got that um, <laughs> why you want to end your little life like this <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, and then you get Noi, they let Noi finish it right which I was like I'm not mad at it. Mm, nope, not at all. Um, but I love this song. Mostly, this the track. The track just says the track is crazy. And I didn't say this earlier. And we always go back to iPhone Nine because I just love that song. Mm-hmm. But Havoc did a real good job of emulating the RZA vibe mm. on that track, mm, and nice. also on right back. It's like he seems like. Well, you know, I got I got somebody from the wool here. Let me let me see if I can put a little resurrector mm-hmm. <laughs> in mm-hmm. here because this this is like an eerie ass thirty six chambers. It is tears slash can it be all <laughs> type shit. Yeah, it truly is. It it he he gave it to him, man, and it was like like you said. I think one of the things that I appreciate so much about this track is that you got ghost and ray going back and forth and when they go when they're trading verses like that i mean you be hard pressed to find anybody else in hip-hop that does it better than the two of them going back and forth like that Mm -hmm. um and i'm not just saying that because i'm a fan i would be i i would challenge anybody to find me two other mcs that go back and forth trading versus finishing finishing each other's verse in a hot ass song and tell me that they do it better than ghost and ray i just don't know that they're there i mean i could be wrong but and i'm not just you know being a prisoner of the moment but if if you think that there's somebody out there hit me up let me know um i can only think of some people that's close yeah it's, it's some that are close but better nah i don't see it um but yeah, like you said, the production is crazy. Noid finishes, um, which I didn't mind at all either. Um, but this was, man, when this joint comes on, this is another favorite. It's not my favorite, but is it is one of my favorites on the album. Um, and then you go to the, <laughs> the Grave Prelude, which always is funny to me. Looking back on it now, 25 years later listening to you know the gunshots because someone actually gets shot and then you hear guys scrambling you know trying to get them to the hospital all the stuff like that um the interludes always and they're not meant to be funny but i guess (laughs) yeah get annoyed get him out of here somebody call 911 so sleep on me yeah don't fall asleep and don't and and you you hear him kind of talking to him like like he's about to die and it's just like they're talking that he's talking that he's shot and he's talking to them and they're like yo you can't die don't close your eyes that type of thing so th- those skits are kind of funny to me they're not meant to be funny but you know like i said tw- it's 25 years later so it's funny um so that's the the grave prelude and then we go into the cradle to the grave um oh man this is another banger what would what, you think about cradle to the grave man Cradle to the Grave is a really good song. And I like I think um Havoc might, you know, might have shine the best on this mm. song. 
but I will say this has to be my least favorite song on the album. Really? And the thing is, is um, there's conservatively 74 songs on this album. (laughs) (laughs) And out of all of the songs, this is my least favorite. And on a scale of one to 10, I give this one like an eight. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So it's not a skip for you. I'm going to listen okay, to okay, it, gotcha. but it's like um, if you put it up against every other song in this album, it's the one that's not as dope as everything else. You know what's so, interesting you so say about that? So maybe I'll that? say a seven and okay. everything else is from nine to eight or seven and a half. Gotcha. Gotcha. It makes sense. I I say the same thing about Party Over. Party Over is like my third best favorite song. Really? I just I love Party Over. And I don't know if it's because it's the last (laughs) song, but it's just like uh, it's not a bad, it's not a skip for me. It's just my least favorite, but even in in calling it my least favorite I'm putting it right there, like you said, seven seven and a half, and everything else is like eight and above. So, you know, it's not it's not whack by any stretch of imagination. It's it, it it would be the best song on a lot of other people's, you know, trash ass albums. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Uh, Cradle to Grave. I love that joint, man. I think, like you said, Havoc is right there. He's right there with Prodigy. Um, and then we go into the aforementioned track 14, Drink Away the Pain Situations uh, with Q-Tip, who actually produced this track. Um a little fun on this one, man. They talking about, you know, uh, <laughs> their exploits with liquor and, you know, drinking away the pain. And uh, Q-Tip comes on. He's talking about gear and shouting out all the, the, the apparel companies. Um, what do you think about this one, man? Um, <clears throat> I enjoyed this song more so when the album dropped. Okay. I, think this, I think this song probably... Is it? I, I, I hate saying didn't age as well as everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love songs where they do personifications of other things. Mm-hmm. They, they, they do. I, I, I eat that shit up because it's something that I um was tangible and I'm like, oh, I can see how you did that, and it shows how talented you are to be able to do it and make it make sense. Um, Guess not, and guess what's hot. So guess what? What guess took the jigga and jigga in the gut. gut. <laughs> it took it took me way too long to figure out what Danny was. Yeah, same here. Because um, I didn't I didn't drink or anything, so like I had to lame. Yeah, man, it was ninety five. I wasn't drinking in ninety five. You were in college. Are you not drinking? I didn't drink the whole time I was in college. I told you that. Fucking lame. I was a star, man. Play football. Me the Miag Mac. Me too. It was called uh, Techno Bowl. <laughs> I was the Miag Mac. I used to be in love with Mr. Inch. The fuck with him the more now. Fuck with Tank Ray. Yeah. Um, damn man. I, now I really like this song. Um, it reminded me of um, Nori's Married to Marijuana mm. and uh, a couple other songs. And um, and and Q-Tip didn't. He didn't screw it up. Mm-mm. You know? He, he, 
he had he had some some, some sleepers in there. He had he, he mentioned Walker Ware, mm-hmm. people that know Walker Ware, Allie Hansen, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, British Walkers, um, you know. So yeah, Nautica's in there. Mm-hmm. So nah, I, I'm, I'm rolling, um, but he never um, they never put they never put this out to really do anything. I mean, I guess you couldn't really do anything with this. Um, product, you know, um, Havocs was okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, I know. I agree. I agree with you on that. I think his his verse was okay. Um, Prodigy and Q Tip really, I think, came through on this one. Um, but I, I'm with you. I I love it when they when you can personify something, and it, it's it's a track that's relatable. You know, you can relate to it. And like I said, I didn't drink, but I had to. Um, most of the liquors and stuff that he talked about, I knew about, and then obviously talking about gear and stuff, half that gear I couldn't afford or didn't wear, but it's still, it was still good to, you know, hear it personified and still shout it out in the song. Nonetheless, um, then we get to track 15 shook ones part two, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. man, this song, got you, got you stuck off the realness. This song right here, man. Shook One's Part Two is very, very unique, and I'll say this even to this day. I Shook One's something happened to me on three separate occasions. I was in a club three separate times. Shook One's Two came on, and I almost got bum rushed by a bunch of women running to the dance floor. Man, that's crazy. I don't know what it is about this song and women dancing or getting to the dance floor. And I really believe that if you're a woman and you know every, you know, you know this song, like the back of your hand, you might be a little. That's sexy. Yeah, that's sexy. And you're thugged out. Oh, okay. Which ain't nothing wrong with that. Mm. But, um, man, this is one of the most vicious tracks hardcore whatever you want to describe it man it's, it's one of my favorites on the album um it's a joint that never gets old man um i mean even though he did say no matter how much how much loot i get i'm staying in the projects forever which you know doesn't really make a lot of sense i would think you want to maybe maybe he's gonna buy it or uh, <laughs> build it up man. How dare you, man? he's trying to make the place better but um jerk yeah man i mean i'm getting out of projects but uh yeah man I, I love this joint man I, I could go on and on and on talking about it man it, it is one of my favorites on the album um probably i guess we could probably say one of their biggest hits um uh, definitely yeah what would you think about shook ones too man they had a lot of songs on here that should have been this is bigger, true but it, it came out in the wrong time it, it, it came out before people accepted this type of music as dope, but they invented this kind of music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they, they just—they had to wait for everybody else to catch up. Um, another havoc, um, shining John Favre Ryan, my right is twenty-five to life. Mm-hmm. Um, nah, this I, I, this song is incredible, man. Um, that I remember, I remember this come on like, hmm, now, what did part one sound like? 
Because I know, <laughs> I'm like, but, hmm. Now, I will say this. I do like part one better than part two. I can't say that. And, and I, to be honest, it's been a minute since I've even heard part one. Uh, yeah. Now, part um, 60%, maybe 50% of part one is part two. Yeah, maybe 40%. But I do like part one better slightly. But no, nah, this song this song is crazy. I mean, it introduced the, the, the phrase halfway crooks. Mm-hmm. But so did part one. But most people haven't heard part one. So I mm-hmm. can't say this is for the, the populace. The same shit is on part one. You should. There's no such thing as that. Right. Um, um, but nah, this 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 is crazy. This should have been as far as sequencing earlier in the album. Right, this right, is, right. This is also like a, a um, introduction of who they are and where they're from. You know, official Queensbridge murderers. Mm. This is. I, I would have sequ- I would have put this um, a little bit higher up. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have put stuff like um, up north trip and kill you hectic down a little. I would have put this up there. Would give up the goods. Mm. So, but um, but no, nah, it's probably the strongest song in their arsenal, including Quiet Storm and everything mm-hmm. else. It's probably this is probably this is it. This is their. Uh, um, it ain't hard to tell. <laughs> right, right, right. You're right, man. I, I agree, man. It, it it's interesting because Prodigy said, you know, that they had they did shook ones part one and it was used as a promotional single and it was mm-hmm. it got a lukewarm response and so he said basically it was like man fuck this we're gonna come back and this is they went back in the studio and they did shook ones part two and i'm still trying to figure out how they got a lukewarm response for for shook for shook ones one when you know it was just like like i said a, a couple seconds ago people had to catch up to what they were doing mm-hmm. they they <laughs> They not only did they um, introduce you to the dumb language, <laughs> they gave you this style, and you had to listen to it and understand it, and understand how dope it was. And that's that's pretty much what happened. Part part one came out, and people was like, mm. and then a year later, <laughs> part two come out. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is crazy. They're right. like, yeah, we tried to tell you. Yeah, we tried. <laughs> <laughs> Try to tell y'all the first time. Yeah. Rock you in your face, stab your brain with your nose bone. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. This this joint, man. It, it is it is incredible. Like I said, one of my favorites uh on the album. It's probably my second favorite song on the album. Um, and then it closes out with uh, Party Over, the aforementioned Party Over, uh with oh, featuring man. Annoyed. Come on. Listen, I think I think the reason why I love this song so much. This song is my um this song is my one time for your mind. Okay. And I'm the only person that anybody knows is one time for your mind is their favorite song go for your mind. Yeah, <laughs> this is correct. And we still haven't figured it out. And 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 for those of you people listening, um hopefully I'm only talking to the assholes here. <laughs> I say it's my favorite. That's not me saying I think it's the right. best you song. It's your favorite. It's my favorite. This is us. Other songs is on that album. And I'm like, oh, this, this is the shit. This is way better than the song that I like the most. Mm-hmm. But I get a certain feeling when 
that song comes on. Mm -hmm. Same thing here. This is more of a, as much as I for an eye, and um, what's my other shit? Right back at you. Mm -hmm. This is more of an old school posse cut where they're like, they do the verse, nah, whatever, party's over, tells me, and then the other person start rhyming. Mm -hmm. It's like they just in a, it sounds like they in a basement and passing around a mic. Right. And and that's Good my point. roots. Good that's point. my that's my hip hop. That's where I come from. You just sitting around rhyming, then the other person rhyming, and it's just a real simple beat that anybody could have did on the lunchroom table. And and it's just it's like it's it's more for um more so than those other songs that I mentioned this song it's like a cypher mm-hmm. that's a good point that's a very good point because that, that's exactly how it sounds and that's why I like it so much it's like a, it's, it's, it's a throwback and they did it in the in the same vein of um, um, well, the, 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 the NWA and, and ATL where it's the last song, mm, and facts, so facts. and so um, when when they had the last song, and DLC had the grand finale. <laughs> yes, yes. This this was called party over. Like, look, so I was done. Party over, man. Party over. Tell the rest of the crew. You know, so so all of that put together. That's why I was like, man, this shit is dope. And I'm gonna tell you another reason. Mm-hmm. When you have an album like this. And what makes this album so dope is you have all these tracks and none of them are whack. Mm-hmm. Where you had like Illmatic that had um, four songs on it. <laughs> so <laughs> Illmatic was seven minutes long. This shit is like fucking three hours. And you listen to it. Most people, after Shook was part two, is going off. Mm-hmm. They forget about this album, right? Because right. you'll be listening to it forever anyway. Exactly. And your jam just went off. Mm-hmm. And that also happened to me. And then, but sometimes you know, you not by the radio, you cooking, you cleaning, you you outside, you doing something, and you let it rock. And then this song come on, and you remember how dope it is because mm-hmm. this is the this is the one song you listen to the least, right? Because you're like, oh, shit, one's um, part two went off. All right, let me turn it off and let me put something else in. Let me go ahead and do what else I was going to do. <laughs> you forget that it's another song. Right. But sometimes when you let the thing play, you're like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, that shit's tight. That shit's tight. So, so that's also why. No, no doubt. No doubt. They, uh, they, this album, man, it's running time is 66 minutes. So you, you're right. And even back then, um, that seemed to be kind of long. But for me, I guess when I listen to it, I don't see it like that. I just I just because I put it on and I just play it all the way through. Um, this album obviously had critical acclaim. Uh, it got them uh, back on the map, if you will. Uh, the source gave this album, as you mentioned, four and a half mics. So they gave it five. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So e, if you're scoring at home. Under the e-scoring mic system, how many mics does this album get, and do you consider it to be a classic? Um, I consider it to be. Mm, I don't think it's a. It's really close to a timeless classic. Mm. 
but I don't I wouldn't put it in the timeless classic category. Mm-hmm. It's really close. It's definitely a modern day classic. If there's anything in between modern day classic <laughs> and timeless classic, that's what this is. True, um, true indeed, true indeed. If I was giving it mics based on uh, uh I would give it I would give it I would give it four. Might be four and a half, but definitely four. Okay, okay, okay. Definitely four. I, I'm 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 gonna be stingy with the mics because I'm if, stingy with the mics if, too. If five is the greatest, I don't think this is half from great. I mean, it could be though. I think it is. It could be, it could be a four and a half, but it's definitely a four. I, I think it is. I think it's a half away from just being that right there. I, so I'm going to give it four and a half. Um, and it is pushing it, man, because this album, it continues to get better as the years go on. If you'd asked me five years ago at the 20 at the year mark, I would have said the same thing. But I might have told you that I loved it a little bit more. Um, See, here's, the, here's the thing for me. Mm-hmm. I like every song on here. Mm -hmm, Same. But I can recognize two things. How someone could not like damn near half of these songs. Right. And I can also recognize I don't want to call some of the songs filler, but you could trim the fat a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And because of that, I can't put it as a timeless classic because a timeless classic, like man, nah, it's 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 just what it is. Mm-hmm. It's it's just this. It's not like, I mean, do you need Cradle to the Grave? Do you need Trife Life? Not really, not really. But are they dope? Yep. Right. <laughs> it's just he just got they just got really good filler. They got, they got, their filler could be is better than other people's albums. Right. Oh, no question. No but question. But for them, it's nah. Mm, mm, mm. I could take, I could take maybe three or four songs off of here, and then it might. I take three or four songs off of here plus uh, the two pre, two of the preludes, and it probably it could probably be a timeless classic. Mm, okay, okay, okay. I definitely agree. I think I think I could make it a modern day classic. Uh, four and a half mics from me. Uh, I, I, I can't really concede. Now, anybody say four mics, I'm cool. Four and a half. If you said five, I'd probably I'd have to ask you more questions because I would want to know what <laughs> what do you consider a five mic album. But that's no knock on this album. I think this is a phenomenal album. And again, given the fact that it's turned 25 years old and it still sounds just as dope as it did back in 1995, I think that says a lot. Hot yeah. take, hot take. Hot, go ahead, hot go take, ahead. Hot take, hot take. The infamous is better than Ready to Die. Uh, I would agree. That's not so. That's that's lukewarm for me. Oh, I, no, I, I, I mean, that's a hot take. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you and I have talked about it. I, I just, 
for as much as I like Ready to Die, yeah, not take that back. I love Ready to Die. It's not a five mic album. I don't think. I think if Biggie had lived, I don't think he would have gotten five mics. I think you Did know he get five mics when it came out. Well, I mean, I think he got what he got. I think he got four and a half, and they rescored it to a five. But I think, I think a lot of that is caught up in the hype, and it's I, that album. I think has two or three tracks that I literally could just take off the album. Um, legitimate skips for me. Um, but uh, but yeah, this 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 one is is a dope one, man. And I, again, twenty five years, uh, you know, rest in peace to Prodigy, obviously, and Havoc is still here doing his thing, man. Um, before we get out of here, man, tell folks where they can catch you at, man. And um, I mean, of course, we got more podcasts coming. Um, we got some stuff that's gonna really piss a whole bunch of people off. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, tell folks where they can find you, man. You know, you can find me in quarantine. Um, <laughs> catch me on the couch. <laughs> catch me on the couch, chilling. Um, now, nah, listen. Um, if you if you wanna if you wanna tweet something, I'll probably still read it. Um, but it's um, at I am eclectic. Can't believe they still got my shit banned. Um, on, Instagram, on Instagram, I don't even know how you got banned. Not, but listen. But on Instagram, it's eclectic. That's um, E C L E C T I K. Um, everywhere else is eclectic. I don't. I don't know. Um, but uh, check out the podcast, Eclectic Discussion Podcast. Check out the podcast, Encyclopedia Hip Hop Podcast. If you um, if you also want to go on um, your your Insta Bibble, your your Instagram, um, check out the um, official underscore one gotta go. Don't go to any other ones. Mm-hmm. Official underscore one gotta go. Um, um, niggas, shark biters out there, niggas, niggas, niggas mm. spit off eclectic shit. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Well, you guys know how to find me. Obviously, you've been listening this long. Um, the podcast is available everywhere. Where podcasts are free. Uh, like I said, we got more coming, but this we're gonna put a bow on this one. Uh, it's in the books the infamous 25 years later that's gonna do it for us so for my man eclectic i'm your boy 12 kyle we'll catch you guys next time 5000 yeah